Hey, Faith family, I want to welcome you to our Maundy Thursday worship. And if you are new here, uh, new to us at Faith Westwood, I especially want to welcome you. I'm glad you're here with us. Uh, I don't know about you, but this isolation is starting to get to me. I, I'm beginning to grieve, and maybe you are too, grieve from not being able to get together or see each other. You know, we, not to be able to shake hands and hug one another. So we grieve, but we also receive. Today we're going to receive the gift of gathering via video, and today we'll also receive the gift of Holy Communion. If you have bread and, and juice, I invite you to share communion with us today on April 9th. And if you don't have grape juice uh, or wine, I would say any fruit juice would be fine, and any kind of bread or cracker uh, from any kind of grain would work just as well too. Um, if you're watching via Facebook, in the description above the video, you'll see a link where uh, you can worship through giving, request prayer, um, fill out a connection card, listen to some worship playlists, and uh, you'll also find a link to our Faith at Home webpage with lots of helpful resources.
Hi, I'm Miss Leah, and I want to share a special story with you today about Monday Thursday. It's an interactive children's time, so parents, you'll want to grab a baby wipe or a damp washcloth for each child. We're going to be reading a story from Easter Love Letters from God, written by Glennis Nellist and illustrated by Sophie Alsop. It's published by Zonder Kids, and they've given us permission to read from this during Holy Week. I'm so excited about this book that I wanted every family to have one. And we gave away about 45 books on Saturday. So if you didn't get a chance to pick one up, just let me know and I will try to get one to you as soon as possible. So let's hear the story about Monday Thursday. The disciples were excited. Jesus had invited them to a secret supper, but they'd been walking through the dusty streets of Jerusalem all day. By the time they reached the special room, their feet would be filthy. Thank goodness a servant would be there to wash their feet for them. They didn't want to have dirty feet at dinner time. They were going to eat with a king. But a surprise was waiting for the disciples. When they arrived at the room, there was no servant there. Jesus was kneeling on the floor. A bowl of soapy water was next to him, and he had a towel tied around his waist. Right there in that room, Jesus showed his disciples what love looked like. He took their feet in his hands and washed them, just like a servant would. The hands that created the world washed their feet. The special one from heaven made the disciples feel like they were the special ones. Jesus set an example of serving others by washing his friends' feet. Adults, now it's your turn to take the baby wipe or washcloth and water and use it to wash your children's feet. As you are washing their feet, tell them, Follow Jesus because he loves you. And kids, while you're getting your feet washed, I'm going to finish telling the story about Monday Thursday. That is what love looks like, Jesus said. Love tells people how special they are. Love makes someone feel wonderful. When I am gone, go into the world and take love with you. The disciples didn't understand that Jesus was going to leave them, but they understood what love looked like because the king of love had shown them. Your love letter from God today says, Dear children, did you know that the disciples did what Jesus asked them? They never forgot how Jesus washed their feet that night. They never forgot how much Jesus loved them. So they took that love into the world. And you can do the same. Never forget how much Jesus loves you. Show that love to others. If you do that, everyone will know that you are one of his disciples. Love God. And that's the story of Monday Thursday. What was it like to get your feet washed, kids? Why do you think Jesus wants us to serve others? Well, Jesus said, that's what love looks like. And he wants us to take that love out into the world and serve others, to show them that we are his disciples. I hope to see you again tomorrow on Good Friday for another special children's time. And until then, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. I love you all and I miss you all. Bye.
Let's pray. Jesus, we, we often find ourselves anxious about this pandemic. How long will it last? How much worse will it get? We find ourselves growing weary of staying at home and keeping our distance. Hear our cry, O oh Lord. Help us endure what we cannot explain. Lord Jesus, you know the alarming death toll predictions we've heard. You know how worried we get about our family and friends, just like people do all over the world. But you have walked with your people through plagues in the past. So walk with us now in these days of disease and death. Lift us up, Lord. Let us no longer be ruled by fear. Teach us to trust in you. Give us faith that is prepared for life and for death. Empower us to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we hold to this truth that nothing can ever or will ever separate us from your great love. In your name we pray. Amen. The scripture this evening comes from Matthew 26, 20 through 35. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say it to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would, who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Jesus. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine until now on, until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have written, risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the same. Thus ends the scripture. They were called the twelve. And in addition to twelve men, a few women also traveled with Jesus, including Mary Magdalene, among the 12 men, four of them previously shared a fishing business. Another had been a tax collector for the Romans. 
Another had been a zealot, a terrorist against the Romans. But now they're all Jesus' disciples. He had picked them. They traveled with him from town to town. They, they listened to his teaching, witnessed his miracles. Sometimes he sent them off in pairs to prepare for his arrival in various villages. It was early spring. Jesus and his disciples were staying at Bethany just outside of Jerusalem. He told a couple of disciples to, to go into the city and to take a message to a certain individual and say, I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. Who is Jesus going to celebrate Passover with? His disciples. This was to be a disciples-only meal. And every year on Maundy Thursday, we remember this meal. We call it the Last Supper, Jesus' last meal before he would be crucified. Today, Jesus invites us to share this holy meal with him. Because you and I are his disciples, sometimes you know, we feel like we're not very good at it. Uh, sometimes our faith is weak, but he counts us as his followers. If I were to summarize today's message in one sentence, it would be this. This holy meal is a gift of cleansing grace from Jesus for us, his dearly loved, deeply flawed followers. How does that sound to you? Will you say it out loud with me? This holy meal is a gift of cleansing grace from Jesus for us, his dearly loved, deeply flawed followers. Have you ever been in a big family dinner and, and everyone's having a great time and enjoying the meal and the conversation and laughing and then somebody stirs things up? Somebody finds a way to create drama. Well, this time it was Jesus. He dropped a bomb when he said, by the way, one of you guys is gonna turn me in. Jesus didn't say who it was, who would turn him in, just that it would be one of you guys. Talk about depressing. I mean, this would mean their little fellowship would be shattered, no more following Jesus, watching his miracles, listening to his teaching. Verse 22 says the disciples were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. I imagine during the evening each one of the disciples you know, pulling Jesus aside and saying, Hey, I'm not the one, am I? They each had to engage, they had to think about it, engage them in some reflection, some self-examination. They hoped they would remain faithful to Jesus, but they weren't quite sure. And just like these disciples, before we receive communion, we need to do some self-examination. A couple Sundays ago, we read Psalm 32 and saw how important confession is. And before we can confess, we have to take a little inventory. We have to uh, do some soul searching, some self-examination. And from my many years of being a pastor, here's what I know. I know some of you uh, do way too much self-examination and some of you don't do nearly enough. Some of you constantly weigh every motive. You quickly point your finger at yourself for not living up to standards. Guilt comes easily. And anytime I would point out a sin in the message, even just in passing, you feel the sting of it. You're hard on yourself and you find it hard to be forgiven. And then some of you are just the opposite. You do very little self-examination. And even if I speak forcefully during a message and say, this is sin and you need to deal with it, you have no problem just 
brushing it off, saying, eh, he's not talking about me. I mean, what does he know? I'm a sinner anyway, so what's the harm in adding a few more? Well, people of both extremes find it hard to receive grace. One group doesn't feel they deserve to be forgiven, and the other group doesn't believe they need it. That's why we, when we engage in self-examination, we need to avoid both extremes. When we examine ourselves, we do, we measure our lives according to the way Jesus' Jesus's disciples are taught to live in the New Testament. I mean, it's a high standard. Jesus isn't going to lower it for us. Sometimes we've ignored it, or we've rebelled against it, or we're fallen away, or we've fallen short. But we also need to know and learn from the New Testament as well how much greater is the love of Christ. No matter how great my sin is, God's grace is greater. God's grace is stronger. As it says in Ephesians 3, we want to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That's why I say that we are dearly loved and deeply flawed. And that's why we're here today. This holy meal is a gift of cleansing grace from Jesus for us, his dearly loved, deeply flawed followers. One thing I learned recently is uh, that Matthew's gospel, whenever someone calls him, uh, calls Jesus Lord, it's a sign that, that this person is a true disciple. It's a signal that their faith is genuine. Uh, the disciples here at the meal all ask Jesus, surely you don't mean me, Lord. So they examine themselves, they question themselves, but we know their faith is real. But notice Judas's response. He says, surely you don't mean me, rabbi. Now, rabbi was not a bad title. It was a title of respect given to a teacher, and certainly Jesus was a teacher. But claiming him merely as a teacher is not saving faith. It says something about where Judas is in his relationship with Jesus. Now, for now, let's, let's skip ahead to after the meal. Jesus and his disciples uh, leave the city to camp out at the Mount of Olives for the night. Judas has already left. And then Jesus drops the second bomb on the remaining 11. He says, this very night, all, you will all fall away on account of me. It's like he's saying, when the guards take me away, you'll all take off. You'll scurry for cover like cockroaches when the light's turned on. Yet amazingly, Jesus doesn't say that in a way that says he's shocked or surprised or even that upset. He quotes scripture about what happens to the sheep when the shepherd gets knocked down. He even has a plan for later. He says he wants to meet up with him in Galilee after he's risen. Now, Simon Peter, he's still smarting about Jesus accusing them all of falling away. He says, well, even if all the others fall away on account of me, I never will. Obviously, Peter doesn't have much confidence in his fellow disciples, but he's not going to back down. Jesus remains calm, straightforward. Simon, before the night is out, before you hear the rooster crow, you will disown me three times. Peter, never lacking for bravado, says he would sooner die than deny Jesus. And all the others chime in with the same self-confident courage. 
Shortly after this, Judas brings the guards. Jesus is arrested. The disciples flee. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. But Jesus knows. He knows these 11 are his. It was for them that Jesus broke the bread. It was for them he offered the cup of forgiveness, knowing, knowing they would fall away. This holy meal is a gift of cleansing grace from Jesus for us, his deeply loved, dearly loved, deeply flawed followers. And they would remember that. God's grace not only looks back at our past, it also looks forward to our future. Did you know that? There may be times when, despite our best intention, we will fail him. And we will remember that when Jesus gives us the bread and the cup, he knows us. He knows we are flawed. He knows we are his. Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I want you to know as we go into our communion time that of course you don't have to be a member of our church or get prior approval to receive communion uh, through this service. Uh, but here on today on April 9th, everyone is invited. And if you respond, if you uh, are ready to give your life to Jesus and belong to him as his disciple, he is saying, come on, let's, I want you to, uh, to uh, share in this meal. So we're gonna begin with a, a time of prayer, beginning with a prayer of confession, and it'll also have a little time of, of silence for us each to bring our personal confessions before the Lord. Let's pray. Most merciful God, we, your church, we confess that often our mindset has not been the same that Jesus had. And so, Lord, please forgive us. Forgive us for those times that we have failed to love one another as you have loved us. Forgive us for times when we have pledged loyalty to Jesus with our lips and then betrayed him or deserted him or denied him. By your Spirit, make us faithful in our times of trial. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. And now let's each one bring our confession to God in silence. Believe the good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we ask that you will pour out your Holy Spirit upon the gifts that we have before us of, of bread and the fruit of the vine. And by your Spirit, let them be for us the body and blood of Christ, the very presence of Jesus. 
And we pray by that same Holy Spirit, you would fall upon us and fill us that we may know that we belong to him, that we are his followers, his people, redeemed by his blood. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus, and now we pray that the prayer that he taught us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to serve one another as you see Trish and I do. And if you are alone, you may serve yourself. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. body of Christ. my feet. 
Let's pray one more time. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world as disciples of Jesus, strengthened by the Holy Spirit, giving ourselves for others. And we pray this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.